And we're back moments later. <laughs> moments later. I had a quick outfit change, put on some eyebrows, some glasses. <laughs> Feel human. Feeling human. Yeah. And what did you get to drink? Whiskey. You whiskey drinking woman. <laughs> I'm just drinking whiskey. You just like it. I can't. It's too bitey. It's too in my mouth face. In my feel. Sorry. I don't know what I'm trying to say. I feel like I can I can convert you. But I need some uh, time. I'm gonna make you time. first I'll make you a very nice sweet Manhattan. You'll be like, ooh, oh, but you don't like well, cherry, but that's fine. That's fine. And then maybe an old fashioned. I can handle an old-fashioned. Some, some, okay, so some drinks I probably like. Yeah. Sometimes it's just too bad. But this whiskey is just good whiskey and I can just drink it alone with ice. With ice. Don't forget the ice, please. But it's pure alcohol, so I'm going to be drunk by the end of this. Excellent. <laughs> going to be this. Stupendous. Ray is rain. I know I don't have any new stories to tell you. Oh, you have something. Excellent. I have something because I realized today when I was writing all this stuff. Yes. That this is coming out the week of your birthday. Oh, shit. It is. Is it? But it is. Oh, shit. I didn't even know. (laughs) I know. So... This week is not your birthday episode, but next week will be your birthday episode. Oh, I see. Okay. So the I 18th, look at December 18th, because... we'll do your birthday topic oh, or episode. So you got to okay, decide. Gotcha. You got to pick <gasps> what you want me to do. I have to think of something good. And if you're going to cover something or if you're going to take that day off or <laughs> it's your birthday. It's my birthday. Oh my gosh. You do what you want. I don't have to decide. It's a good yeah, thing I have are. time. You do. You have plenty of plenty time. Of time. I'm not going to say when we're recording this, but we're ahead of schedule. We're ahead of schedule. Yep. We've got vacations coming up. Got birthdays coming up. Got shit to do. So we're getting shit done. <laughs> I'm going to be like, when this comes out, I'm going to be at the end of a very nice, relaxing week, hopefully. That sounds great. That sounds nice. It's going to be lovely. It's going to be lovely. Yeah. Are you reading anything good? What am I reading? Uh, The fifth season. What's Um, up? It's by J.M. Gosh, what is her name? I don't know if this is her first book or not, but all of the books um, in this series, there's three. It's called the Broken Earth series mm-hmm. by N.K. Jemison. Um, every single book is an award winner of the Hugo Award, which is a big deal. Oh. Um, every single book. Yeah. Wow. I don't know if these are the only, I'm trying to see if this is the only book she's written. Uh, no, she has a new book. Oh, that came out. Oh, she's got a lot of books. I don't know what I was thinking. She has a ton of books. Um, but these ones are, uh, I don't know how to explain it. The world building took me a hot minute. Took me a Mm. hot minute. I almost put it away because I was like, I don't know what the fuck is going on, but now I'm invested. Now I'm. Now you know. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Um. But I'm only reading that right now. Cool. I'm not reading multiple books. And I've very seriously failed on my <laughs> reading goal of 2022. I'm going to have to change my goal because I set like too lofty of a goal. It was yeah. too lofty. And I just haven't had time with my new job. And yeah, just, there was some months that I kind of had a slump, but... Yeah, I, I set my goal at 75 books. Oh I don't my know God, what the Haley. fuck I was re- thinking. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what did you change it to? 
I haven't changed it yet. What are, well, how, how many books have you read this year so far? Yeah. I've read 40 books. Oh, okay. Yeah. I just don't like looking at it because like it says, oh, you're 27 books behind schedule. Shut up, bitch. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. I know. So I just changed my reading goal. So we're talking about Goodreads. If you guys don't have Goodreads, oh, yeah. you know, hang in yeah. there. If you do have Goodreads, well, you should add us to Please your do. Goodreads friends. Please find do. us. Um, I'll tell you my username in a minute. And Haley can tell you her username in a minute. But yeah. You can have a reading challenge for the year on Goodreads. And mine yeah. was at 35. Yeah. And I've read eight Ice Planet Barbarians book and I was still seven <laughs> books behind schedule. And oh I was like, God. or like 10 books or something behind schedule. And I was just like, I'm not going to finish that in a month. Like, and I flew through the Ice Planet Barbarians. Like I, I read eight books yeah, and I like still am nowhere near my original goal. So I was like, what's like an actual goal? So I think I changed it to 27 books instead of 35. Yeah. I saw that the other day. I like, yeah. It. So I was like, that's, that's a good idea. Yeah. Oh, I, I just changed mine to 45. I just changed mine to 45, which is yeah. a more attainable goal. I will say some of the books I read though were like fucking massive. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely, but, I mean, I definitely read a good chunk. I mean, I just wish and, I would take into consideration. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm trying to find my, my goal, my challenge. No, that's choice awards. Reading challenge. There it is. Okay. So I changed it to 26 books and I had it at 35. Um, mm -hmm. So I have three books left for the end yeah. of the year and I'm working on two of them already. So very nice. I feel like that's a really achievable goal. If I go past right. it, then great. Yeah. But I just, yeah. like, I think next year I'll do a 30 yeah. goal. Like I'll right. just add five. Right. And then go from there. Yeah, that's, well, that's great. See, 26 I think that's books good. in a year I was is like, like, oh, I can do this. Yeah. No, Haley, well, you can't. That's one of my toxic traits. <laughs> you commit to reading too many books? I commit Shut to up. reading Who's too said? many books. <laughs> no way. Are you kidding me? I said. <laughs> Says the girl who gets seven new books every time she goes to parts. I only got four new books for Black Friday, so I did actually oh, really good. good. Just I'm saving all my money until after Christmas. Yeah. When Barnes & Noble does their big sale because that's where that's where it's at. Dope. Yeah, I'm in the middle. Um, I finally picked up Glow again, which is the fourth in the Plated Prisoner oh, series. Yeah. Right. And it's so good. I was, it was kind of one of those like lulls in the fantasy books where you're like, you just gotta oh. push through. And I like yeah. put it down instead of pushing through. So mm -hmm. um, I've picked it back up. It's starting to get interesting again. I'm like, okay. Mm -hmm. And then I'm reading The Bone Witch. So those are the two that I'd like to finish yeah. this year. And then I'm gonna mm -hmm. take, I'm gonna take a small book, mm -hmm. novel, novella, <laughs> um, <laughs> on my it. cruise. On your vacation. And my goal is to read yeah. that while I'm on vacation. That sounds nice. Where's your cruise to? Is it a tropical one or a cold one? Oh, it's tropical. Of course. Where are you going? Um, Can we're I going know? Miami, Virgin Islands, Puerto Rico, Dominican Republic, and Bahamas. Fun. For a week. Fun. Send me I can't lots wait. of pictures. I will. I will. I'll call you all the time. Fantastic. From my Fantastic. hammock. <gasps> my book. Don't call me from your hammock. I'll be too sad. <laughs> Just take you with me next time. There you go. That's what we like. Perfect. Haley and I are at a point where we can no longer vacation without each other. This is true. Just makes it's me too true. sad. We just get sad. We just get sad. I know she leaves and I'm like, I miss you already. <laughs> Even though you're 500 miles know, away. Te technically, we already don't see each other, but it's no. when you're like inaccessible or not able to like answer yeah. texts or that kind of thing. Well, she doesn't call me. Uh, and I'm like, all the time. Oh. I've gotten better, actually. Howdy lip. <laughs> of calling me all the time or not calling me all the time? 
I don't call you as much. Oh, well, that's fine. Right. Uh, both are both are acceptable. If you didn't call me at all, then that's not acceptable. Oh, absolutely not. Right. Not happening. Not happening. All right. Are, are you ready? ready? I don't know who goes first. Is it me or you? It's you. Me? Okay. I went first last let me get time. Myself to, let me get myself together because you're going to be nice and toasted. Nice and toasted. Yep. Okay. Uh, I'm not watching something scary, am I? No. Okay. No, you're not watching anything scary. Thank heavens. <laughs> but I do have a question for you. Um, did you, when you were growing up, did you have dolls? Did you play with dolls? Mm -hmm. Were you a doll person? I was a Barbie person. Okay. And I had so one not like baby dolls. dolls. Okay. Do dolls freak you out now? Depends. It depends. I don't think I don't um, really think about that. Like just like, passing okay. by, no. But if one was like in the hallway standing up on its own, yeah, I would shit my pants. <laughs> Even if it was staged quickly. <laughs> Even if it was clearly staged, you know, like, it oh, somebody accidentally left it there. Like, yeah. if a, a doll was somewhere where it wasn't supposed to be, like, or if it wasn't an old house and I found a doll, I'd be like, Ugh. you know, like, yeah, there would be moments. But like, the dolls laying on my kid's floor, no. It's not scary. Bother me. No. Okay. Um, so in 2015, the Smithsonian, Smithsonian Magazine put out an article called The History of Creepy Dolls. So they talk about this museum in London called Pollock's Toy Museum. Pol Pollock's Toy Museum? Mm -hmm. I'm not sure. Um, but it has a whole bunch of old toys, like antique vintage board games from the 1920s. Um, they supposedly have like a 4,000-year-old um, doll. I think it's like a mouse that's fashioned out of Nile clay, supposedly, um, that was used as a doll. Um, and at the end of this... It's kind of like you walk through a house kind of, I think. Mm -hmm. um, but the very last room before the exit is called the doll room. Mm -hmm. And it has dolls from all over the world. It has Victorian dolls. It has Dutch wooden dolls. It has dolls with porcelain faces, on and on and on, like from okay. everywhere around the world. It's the last room in the museum. And instead of walking through the room, a lot of people will actually turn around and truck it all the way back through the museum to the entrance to the get out. They will not go through this room because it freaks them out. Interesting. So there's actually, okay. <laughs> there's actually a name for this fear. And I, I hope I'm pronouncing this right, but I think it's called pediophobia. Pediophobia, I think is how it's pronounced. Um, so the article goes on to discuss some research that has been done on why we think that dolls are creepy. There's a psychologist named Frank Andrews, and he said, you're getting mixed messages. If something is clearly frightening, you scream and you run away. If something is disgusting, you know how to act. But if it's something creepy, it could be dangerous, but you're not sure that it is. So he goes on to say that being in a state of creeped outness makes you hypervigilant. Um, from an evolutionary perspective, people who responded with this creeped out response but did better in the long run. They survived. So uh -huh. um, dolls inhabit this area of uncertainty largely because they look human, but we know that they're not. Yeah. Uncanny so Valley. So we can't talk about creepy dolls without bringing up the Uncanny Valley. <laughs> which refers to the idea that humans react favorably to humanoid figures until a point at which these figures become too human. Ugh. At that point, the small difference between the human and the inhuman, maybe an awkward gait or inability to use appropriate eye contact or speech patterns becomes amplified to the point of unease, disgust, or terror. <sighs> yep. Um, so there have been tales of creepy dolls since the 1800s, maybe earlier, but more recently in the 20th century, there are movies and shows Don't you dare. like... The Twilight Zone, Poltergeist, Chucky, Child's Play, and more recently uh -huh. movies like Annabelle. I swear to God. <laughs> so I'm going to tell you the story of Annabelle. No! I'm going to. <laughs> I, I was like, except Annabelle. That was like the statement I didn't say. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to tell you the story about Annabelle. It's pretty Fuck. creepy. It gave me okay. some fucking willies when I was writing this. 
something at the end of this. Huh? I have something to say at the end of this. Okay. You don't want to say it now? Well, do you think Did it you gives watch it... the Annabelle movies? No. I didn't no. either. No. I um, had that Raggedy Ann doll. It was my mom's. Okay. Yeah. All right. I think I had a Raggedy Ann doll too. Yeah. And I was really, I really upset it. to find out when that it, it's not really it was, a porcelain doll. It's like a stuffy. It's a big stuffed Raggedy Ann. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I didn't know if that was going to spoil anything. That's why I was like, hmm. I don't think so. Okay. Um, <laughs> Yes. So we're going to tell, I'm going to, we're like, I'm multiple people. I'm not. It's just me. She is. You guys, she's actually a couple people. A couple of people. Stop that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Annabelle is supposedly a demonic doll. Mm -hmm. um, And it has a claim that what happened is based on a true story. So there are actually three films. I didn't know there were so many that came out surrounding the kind of main conjuring universe um, that explores the lives of Ed and Lorraine Warren. Maybe one day we'll do an episode on them. Maybe not. Um, So the big difference, like you said, in between the movie and the real life Annabelle is in the movie as she's portrayed portrayed as this porcelain, kind of really scary porcelain doll. I don't like the doll in the movie. It freaks me out. But the real life version of Annabelle, she's a raggedy Ann doll. She's yeah. big. She's a lot bigger than I thought she was. Yeah. Um. So I actually listened to a podcast episode um, from a podcast called Lights Out and got a lot yeah. of the information that they go over from their podcast. Gotcha. So um, they are, talk about how spirits or entities can attach to objects. And this is one of those cases. So um, people have been using dolls in religious practices for a long time since ancient mm-hmm. Egypt, ancient Rome. Um, people sometimes think that, oh yeah, you know, like a spirit's not going to attach itself to a doll. But in reality, it's going to, if someone dies or a child dies, they aren't going to attach themselves to a chair or a no. rug or whatever. They're going to attach themselves to something that they loved, one, and something, two, that looks like a human. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um. So, um, and there are tons of instances. Annabelle's not the first one. There's Robert the doll. There's, I mean, there's hundreds over the years, centuries. There's been hundreds of instances of people having haunted dolls. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so everybody has their own energy fields. People radiate energy. So ghost hunters use Um, EMF detectors, which is electromagnetic frequencies to see the changes in frequencies around you to see if there's something there that we can't see with our own eyes. Mm -hmm. Um, So um, we're going to do a time jump to 1971. There's a young nursing student named Donna. She's actually getting ready to graduate and her birthday's also coming up. So as a gift, her mom goes out to this hobby store and she finds and purchases a Raggedy Ann doll for her daughter. Um, and at this time, um, the Raggedy Ann doll is actually considered an antique. And she thought that mm. this would be the perfect gift. So Raggedy Ann is a character that was written by Johnny Gorell. Um, There's two different tellings of the original creation. I didn't know how old she was. I thought Raggedy Ann was from the 70s. Yeah, same. <laughs> very incorrect. Um, one version of the creation of Raggedy Ann is that his daughter Marcella was in her grandmother's attic and found a doll and John ended up like drawing the face on it and would make these stories up for her. Um, or the other version is that John himself found the doll in the attic and he said the doll would make a good story. And so he kept the the doll in mind until John and his wife actually had their daughter Marcella. Mm -hmm. And then years later he remembered the doll and like retrieved it from the attic and, um, would tell stories to his daughter using the doll. So um, on June 15th, 1915, um, shortly after submitting his patent application for the doll's design, um, he applied for a registered trademark of the Raggedy Ann name, combining words from two poems, The Raggedy Man and Little Orphan Annie. Um, In 1918, Raggedy Ann books were written and illustrated, and two years later, the stories introduced Raggedy Ann's brother, Andy. 
So when Don is, Donna's mother is out buying this doll, it really truly is an antique from, you know, 19. I mean, they're old. They're, it's an old doll. But she thought it'd be a great gift. Um, so she purchases the doll with red yarn hair and a red triangle nose. And she, Donna's birthday comes and she gives her the Raggedy Ann doll. And Donna's just, she loves it. She's really excited about it. Um, she had one when she was growing up. And she, she just loves it. And her roommate, Angie, also has fond memories of having a Raggedy Ann doll when she was growing up. And they're both okay. just like, they just adore this. They I'm just so love excited. it. They think it's just such a good gift. So Donna and Angie graduate and they start to work at the same hospital and they work a four to midnight shift. And they're super excited about being able to work together and kind of um, like get ready together and go to work and... Things are going really well. And one morning, Donna brings the Raggedy Ann doll into the kitchen. And she tells Angie that um, Ann's going to have breakfast with them. And they kind of giggle about it. And like over the next couple of days, Donna kept bringing the doll in for breakfast. And they would no. like talk to her. <laughs> and no. No, okay. on the third morning. Don't breathe life into this thing. Like, ugh. Yeah. Ugh. The third morning. They're all, they're both, the two of them and the doll are sitting at the kitchen table and they're eating breakfast. And occasionally they're saying things to the doll and like just making little comments. And to Donna and Angie's disbelief, the doll lifts its arms up and sets it on the table. And they just kind of stare at each other. <laughs> this isn't funny anymore. And Angie finally breaks the silence with a laugh and she's like, maybe we should have a seance. And they kind of giggle about it and joke around and because seances back then weren't like right we are what they are now what is right. it um exorcist wasn't out yet yeah i don't think so i think it was 1977 yeah yeah, yeah so we're so we got a couple more years yet um but they didn't say anything else about the subject they didn't say you know anything more about having a seance so donna would leave the doll on the couch but they would come home and notice that no matter how they left the Raggedy Ann doll, when they got home, she would always be in a different position. Her legs or arms would be crossed or she would be facing in the opposite direction. 1973. Oh, okay. So we just have a couple years. Mm -hmm. Right? 1971. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so naturally, the two women kind of pointed blame at each other, thinking that the other was trying to scare them or like play a prank, you know? Like yeah. it's harmless fun. But they realized that they were leaving the apartment and returning at the apartment at the same time. So it was impossible for one of them to come all the way home and move the doll and make it all the way back to the hospital. Right. Whatever room they left the doll in, she would move. She would be no. on the opposite side of the couch or she would be at the end of the bed or she would be in a different corner of the room or in a different position. No. So it was weird, but it didn't really like scare them yet. <laughs> um, so one of the days Donna is rushing to get out of the door and as she's leaving she remembers looking at the Raggedy Ann doll and it's sitting on the couch but later when the two girls get home the doll is in Donna's room and the bedroom door is shut neither of them mm -hmm. have been home their apartment hasn't been broken into but this starts to happen all the time it doesn't mm -hmm. matter where they put her when they get home she's in a different place she's in an entirely different room no. So this freaks them out. And they thought that someone was actually breaking into their apartment and moving the doll to scare them. Which is the more reasonable accurate reaction. thing to be scared of. Right. 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 Yeah. So Angie asks her fiance, Lou, if he would come over sometimes and just keep an eye on things. And eventually he would move in. Lou fucking hated this doll. He hated it. It creeped him out. He told Angie more than once that they needed to get rid of this doll. But Donna and Angie, Donna really loved the doll. And Angie was like, it was a gift from her mother. And she doesn't want to get rid of it. So about a month goes by. Mm -hmm. And like things always do with instances like this, it escalated. <laughs> Weird. Maybe you should have listened. I know. To the Odd. one time to listen to a dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Donna and Angie start to find messages around their apartment and it's written on an odd parchment paper that they've <gasps> no. never seen. And it looks like it's been written by a little kid, but instead of saying cute things like I love you or 
whatever, the notes say things like, help me, help us, help Lou. Stop. Absolutely not. I know. It's so gross. Absolutely not. It's so funny. I've heard this story and I don't remember any of it. So all of this is horrifying. It's terrible. Yeah. So neither had them... Neither of them had bought parchment paper that was like this. So they actually end up searching the entire apartment to find the paper and they can't find anything. They go through desks, they go through the kitchen. There's no paper anywhere. But notes just keep showing up. So Lou gets home one night after finding one of the notes and they ask him if he's written the note. And he says he's never used or bought parchment paper before and told them again, you need to get rid of this doll. They don't. A few days later, Donna comes home and she finds the doll in her bed. No. But she hadn't left it there. Um, She left it in the living room on the couch. But this time when she looked at the Raggedy Ann doll, she immediately has this overwhelming sense of dread and fear. And she goes to pick up the doll. And on the back of its hands, um, there are red stains. And on its chest, there are three drops of this red on her chest. And Donna realizes that it looks like blood. No. So she drops the doll and she is freaking out. She shuts the door and she goes into the living room to wait for Angie to get home. When she gets home, Donna is frantically telling her what happened. And Angie kind of laughs it off. But she sees just how freaked out Donna is. And she offers to actually contact a psychic medium her friend had told her about. So the medium comes over a couple days later and she inspects the apartment and the doll and suggests that they actually do hold a seance. Mm -hmm. So during the seance, she discovers that the doll was being possessed or inhabited by a little girl named Annabelle Higgins. So she also explains that before the apartment buildings were built, this is where Annabelle would play. So when Mm -hmm. Annabelle was seven, her body was discovered in the exact spot that was exactly underneath the two women's apartment. No. The medium explained that Annabelle actually really loves Angie and Donna and didn't mean to scare them. She just wanted to stay with them. No. So the medium explained um, that the spirit is just lonely. It's not going to hurt you. And they agree to keep the doll. Mm. So after that, after the like days after, they treat the doll really kindly. Um, they would buy the doll clothes. And jewelry. They would take her on car rides. Like they were treating her like a seven year old child because they thought it was a seven year old child. Right. Right. Like stuck in the body of this doll. But every time they would come home to find more notes and the doll moved around more, it would just creep them out more. Yeah. So <sighs> I got to turn the my light on. The nicer they were to her, the more. Huh? Hold on. I got to turn my what? light on behind my computer because I'm freaking out. Okay. It's too dark back there. It's too dark. I just splashed myself with my own drink. Oh, that's better. It's like, it was like, I was just waiting for something to be looking at me. Gross. Okay. So the nicer they were to her, the more things like escalated and got out of control. So they started hearing knocking around the apartment. They would see lights in their bedroom and their beds would actually like rock and shake. They started to hear voices whispering in the apartment. So despite the fact that the medium told them that the spirit was nice, it very easily more likely than not is not a little girl and is something presenting itself as a little girl. Yeah. Which is absolutely disgusting. Mm. Um, I I wrote the scary notes should have been your first clue. Help us. Help me. No, nope. yeah. no, thank you. Absolutely not. Uh, first absolutely note. Not. Sorry. No, 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 no. My red flags were up way earlier. When she was moving around by her own fucking self. It's so luck. No. Luck. Um, so one night after a shift at the hospital, something absolutely terrifying happens. Um they get home and walk in the front door and the doll is standing in the middle of the room. <gasps> She's, I know that got me too. No, I mean, and she's, she's full of fluff. Like she's she can't, not 
she's not do that. able to do that. She's not, she doesn't have she's like a raggedy she's, Anne. Uh, she's full of fluff and stuffing, but she's standing up in the middle of the room. Yeah. After that, they stop interacting with the doll. Burn it. Get rid of it. Ooh, I don't know about that, but well, something, I, something. find something don't else. Keep to, it. Don't, don't keep just it. ignore it. Don't. Yeah. Don't ignore it either. I, I know there's needs to be like a fucking guidebook. <laughs> this shit. Let's yeah, write it. It's if it's no one just, else has written it, like let's write it. Like let's write don't it. step in the fairy circle. Oh my god, god. don't step in the fucking fairy circle. <laughs> I sent her in a video the other night and a guy is he's out in the woods somewhere and it's these beautiful red cat mushrooms and he's like, Oh look, something interesting. And he kind of like it kind of goes around in the curve and he moves forward and I I'm watching this and I'm like, don't go in the fairy circle. Don't go in the circle. Is he in the fucking circle? So I immediately said it to Corinne and she had to call me. <laughs> I called. I was like, did he just step in that circle? <laughs> like, I was so worried about that guy. Why did he do I that? You. You and the comments, there? the comments were everything because everyone was just like, what the fuck are you doing? Are you don't thinking? step in the middle of a mushroom yeah. circle. It was. <laughs> what? <laughs> I know. He clearly didn't know. Clearly didn't clearly. Know. Oh my yeah. god! Yeah, but I was screaming, I was screaming. Oh my god! Yeah, I say Corinne and Haley's guide to not getting ghosty and oh, cursed. that's great. I think that's a perfect idea. <laughs> we found our book. All right. So after coming home, oh yeah, trademark can't take it. Can't Corinne take it. Haley's. I mean, I don't know why you went to anyway with our names on it. No. Wow. Sorry. Whoa. That was very loud. Um, so they stop interacting with the doll. They're done. So Lou isn't convinced though. He, they told him like what the medium had said, but he still has very serious doubts about all of this. Um, and since he's moved into the apartment, he's had terrible nightmares and he just is absolutely convinced that this is not the spirit of a seven-year-old girl. It's probably the spirit of a 700-year-old demon. But he stays mm-hmm. because he wants them to feel safe in their own apartment, and he loves Angie. But one night, Lou wakes up from a deep sleep, and he finds that he can't move. He is in complete com- com- panic. He's in complete panic. His arms and legs feel too heavy, and he no. tries to wake Angie, but he can't talk. The only thing no. he can move is his eyes. No. So as he's, I know, as he's looking around the room, he notices something at the foot of the bed move. No. No! He thinks, <laughs> I have to get through this part to get to the end. <laughs> he thinks maybe it's just his imagination, but he realizes that it is not his imagination. It is the Raggedy Ann doll at the end of the bed crawling up the bed. No! Yeah. She, oh, I can't even handle Haley, it. She crawls crawling? up his legs, crawling. Uh, it's a fucking doll, and she crawls up the bed up his legs and sits on his chest and he shuts his eyes thinking like this is just a dream this i'm having a terrible nightmare it's fine but then he feels like he's actually being are you okay no i'm not okay (laughs) i just try not to be loud well i'm having a freak out (laughs) don't have a freak out (laughs) okay um he shuts his eyes He's thinking that he's having a dream. It's fine. But then he feels like he's being choked. He feels something like pressure on his neck to the point that he blacks out. Yeah. The next morning he wakes up and he knows that what happened was real. It wasn't a dream. And he goes in the bathroom and he looks in the mirror and he has marks on his neck like he was being choked. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. So Angie and Lou were actually getting ready that day to leave on a road trip. And they're all in the living room getting ready to say goodbye and, like, finalize their plans. And they hear a noise from Donna's room. So Lou assumes he's on, like, full protection mode. He decides that somebody's trying has got to be trying to break in through the window. And so he goes to the door, like, throws the door open, turns the light on, and there isn't anybody there. So he's checking in the closet. He's checking under the bed. And he notices that the doll is face down in the corner. And as he looks at the doll... And he steps towards the doll. He suddenly has this overwhelming feeling that there's somebody behind him. No. So he spins around. He turns around. But there's not anybody there. 
and he picks the doll up and he shakes it and he says, you are nothing but a rag doll. You can't hurt anyone and tosses her into the corner. Why? So the two Lou. ladies. Why, Lou? Why? She <laughs> why just... did you have to even say anything? Okay. <laughs> I just, last time I interrupted you, I hope. It's it fine. makes it so much worse that she's a rag doll. I know. So, like, absolutely. It's so awful. much scarier. The yeah. fact that she. Agreed. There's no way she could crawl stand up on the her bed. own. Or crawl, or crawl oh, up the bed. Ew. Never. It's awful. It is awful. How dare you? Yeah, just the imagery. How I dare told you? I was going to do something scary. Well, you did. You did. I did. So the girls come into the room and they're freaking out. But Lou is suddenly bent over in pain and he's like grabbing his chest and he's he pulls his hand away and his shirt is covered in blood. And <gasps> so he like rips his shirt open and he has he has uh three vertical scratches. He has seven scratch marks total in the middle of his chest. They're three are vertical and four are horizontal. And they're so deep that he's bleeding, like it's dripping down his stomach. Um, and suddenly, while they're in the room, the chair at the desk slides across the room and slams into the wall. The picture frames all start to rattle on the wall and they all fall to the ground and they're shattering, glass shattering. The bed starts to like bounce up and down. They hear pounding sounds all throughout the room and they leave. They're like, fuck this, we're out. That night, the majority of the scratches from Lou were totally gone. Like, but they were deep enough that he should have had scabs and like stitches at least scars. Right. Yeah. And within a couple of days, they were totally gone. He didn't have any scars. They didn't scab up. Like it was not a normal. When... <laughs> it's gross. Angie thought like maybe the doll is just upset that the roommates weren't giving her enough attention, but they are clearly afraid of this doll. So they decide to contact a priest. So they reach out to a priest named Father Hegan, and after talking to them, he consults another priest named Father Cook, and they decide they need to bring in someone else. So this is where they contact Ed and Lorraine Warren. Ugh. So they're a husband and wife. Ed is a self-proclaimed proclaimed demonologist, and Lorraine is a psychic medium. Um, so they're contacted by the priest, and they're immediately interested, and they come over. So the Warrens tell them that the psychic medium had accidentally misled them. Annabelle Higgins wasn't a seven-year-old that had died in the field. She was a young lady that had died in a motorcycle accident outside of their apartment. But okay. it wasn't her spirit that was inside of the doll. It was an evil entity. It was the non-human essence that had attached itself to this doll. And it's actually in a demon that's impersonating Annabelle Higgins. It's putting up a front of this young girl. So it knew that this medium coming in, it would be able to trick them into presenting itself as a little girl and it would write right. notes in a childlike hand because it that's more convincing right right then mm. worst part is they give permission to this doll to stay in the apartment and to stay with them no i know i know um so it's in what they call um the infestation stage and it's doing all of these things that they're experiencing because it's trying to get to a point where it can actually jump from this doll to one of them. Yuck. Yeah. Um, there just hasn't been an opportunity yet for this to happen. So they, they predicted that over the next few weeks, if things keep progressing at the same pace that they are now, that someone or all of them would be seriously injured or hurt, possessed, or even maybe killed if they don't Yuck. do something. So the Warrens recommend an immediate exorcism and blessing done by Father Cook. They wanted to make it an inhospitable place for this demon. So Father Cook kind of, I don't know, it takes some convincing. He doesn't really want to do this, but he finally agrees, like, yes, we'll get through this blessing and the exorcism. And when he's done, the Warrens assure Donna and Angie that they're is there any chance of them being possessed by this demon? There's no more demons that'll come into the house. Everything's going to be fine. But Donna and Angie are like, I don't want the stall anymore. You have to take it. <laughs> so yeah. They agree. Ed and Lorraine are like, you're right. 
it's not safe for you to have it. We'll take it with you. So as they're leaving, they buckle this fucking doll into the backseat of their car. Mm-mm. They decide to take the back roads. Um, and it takes them hours to get home because the brakes on their car stopped working. The power steering kept failing. Um, they were almost in a crash. Like, yeah. Ed finally gets fed up and he supposedly dumps a whole vial of holy water on her and the rest of the way home. Everything is fine. <laughs> Once they get home. Should have started with knows. that, Ed. Yeah, right. Seriously. Should have doused her and then drove home. Mm-hmm. But what do I know? So once they make it home, they decide to put Annabelle in Ed's office. So Ed puts her in there, sets her on a chair, and he's leaving, but he turns around and the doll is actually levitating off the chair. It's not, it's like totally off the chair. Mm -mm. And then it sinks back down. And so he waits for it to do it again, but nothing happens. So he leaves. Over the next few weeks, Ed would watch the doll levitate multiple times. No. It would show up in random rooms suddenly. Um, they would leave and go out on other assignments and they would actually put the doll outside locked up in a shed outside Mm -hmm. of their house Mm -hmm. and they would get home and the doll was back inside of the house despite the doors on their house being locked and the doors to the shed being locked. Nope. Yeah. I don't know. One of the favorite places for this, for Annabelle to go was Ed's like rocking chair, like his sitting chair, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, and in their, this room, there would be a black cat that would materialize out of thin air. It would walk around the room. It would jump up on the chair, sit by Annabelle, and disappear. I don't know what that's about, but I don't like it. No. So Ed and Lorraine would actually have a father, Bradford, over often, who was an experienced exorcist. And he wasn't afraid of the doll. And Father Bradford, one of the knights, came over and picked up the doll and shakes it. And he says... You're just a rag doll, Annabelle. You can't hurt anyone. And threw the doll and then said, God is more powerful than the devil. When Father Bradford left that night, Lorraine begged him, like, please be careful. Just be careful. Take it slow. Call me when you get home. And he laughs it off. And he's like, there's nothing for you to be afraid of. But her insistence, he promises that he'll call when he gets home. Hours go by. They don't hear from him. They're starting to get worried. He finally calls them hours later and he tells them that as he was approaching an intersection, the brakes in his brand new car failed and his car was absolutely totaled and he almost died. He said right before impact, he looked in the rearview mirror and saw Annabelle sitting in the back seat. No. Um, after after this incident, um, there was a te- detective that came to the house and he got really sick, um, but they decided to build a wooden box with a glass door. So the stain was actually mixed with holy water and holy oil. Um, they ended up carving two prayers into the wood and they put the raggedy and doll into the box with a sign that says warning, positively do not open. Mm. Um, the doll would remain in the case in the museum located in their home. And supposedly she still changes position inside of her case. And I think that after um, Lorraine's death, she's actually been like taken around to other museums in the box. Yeah. I don't know why you would do that. I don't know why you wouldn't just leave her, but that is the story of Annabelle. What? Thoroughly awful. No, absolutely not. Thoroughly awful. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. No. Blick. No. Nope. Thanks for that, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I never have to hear it again. Except for when you edit it. (laughs) No, I'm not editing it. I just sounds perfect. I'm just gonna be like, yeah, there's a silent spot and some audio where I screamed. (laughs) Fix that a little bit. Nah. Just leave it, it's fine. It's gonna be have to listen to it again. Yeah. Yuck. Yucky. Okay. On a lighter note. Yay. <laughs> coming in with some not spooky stuff. Yay. Are you over spooky season? Um, maybe. We'll see. Today we're going to talk about winter solstice. And the different <gasps> celebrations around the world for winter solstice. Love so, 
Yes, I think spooky season is over. It's time for Christmas. Yay! And or winter solstice, which is I, I really think we should just adopt winter solstice as the celebration and like Christmas is the end of that. Oh, shit. You know? Mm-hmm. But then like we should be drinking and partying the whole week before. Oh, sounds great. Doesn't it like bonfires? Yeah. Mead, except not mead because it's gross. Mold wine, <laughs> um, whiskey. Sounds so delicious. Food. I mean, What's not to like? There's nothing not to like. Presents. Just, it I sounds really love lovely. Presents. Yeah. It sounds like a great time. Yeah. So we've talked about Saturnalia when we talked, I think it was in our Christmas episode, we did mm-hmm. a little bit of the origins of Christmas and, you know, where some of the traditions come from. Yeah. But um, I'm just going to kind of recap that. And then we're going to talk about some other winter solstice traditions through different cultures. Um, my source today is actually National Geographic. They had a really great article on a few different celebrations. And so I literally just work from that. So if you want to check it out, you can. But I think I'm going to cover it pretty thoroughly. So <laughs> high level though on all of these, like I didn't dive into them much more. Mm-hmm. So okay. that's my one caveat. Gotcha. Here we go. Um, so as we remember, Saturnalia is from ancient Rome and it was a celebration of Saturn, the God of agriculture. Um, this started as a one day operation, but actually changed and grew and adapted to be a week long celebration party during the week of December 17th through the 24th. Um, this was a wild time. Of drinking, partying, dancing, eating, and gift giving. Mm. Um, and many of the traditions that we have today in our Christmas celebrations are from this original celebration. And a lot of the pagan traditions came from Saturnalia as well. Um, and like I said already, I wish Christmas was a week long. <laughs> Um, the next one is actually Scandinavian, and it's St. Lucia's Day. Okay. Uh, this old solstice celebration is, as I said, from Sc- Scandinavia or Scandinavian folklore. There we go. Yeah. Um, with some Norse traditions as well. Um, so most of the Norsemen actually converted to Christianity in 100, nope, 1000 CE. And St. Lucia's Day was celebrated on the 13th of December. Okay. So, pretty close. Um, St. Lucia was celebrated because she is known for bringing food to persecuted, persecuted Christians hiding in Rome. <clears throat> this was known to be the longest and darkest day of the year. So, it was uh, had a lot of symbolism with light and using light to light the way. Um, so in this celebration, you would have candles or lights from fires. Um, and St. Lucia actually used candles to light her way and guide her to bring food to the people who were needing it. So with that, it kind of turned into a feast day as well, because it was associated with light and food. Um, and in Scandinavia, the girls actually wear white dresses with red sashes and a wreath of candles on their head to pay homage to St. Lucia who wore candles in the night. Yeah. I know I can picture it too. Like I know I've seen it Mm -hmm. before. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, But also I don't know if I could wear candles on my head. (laughs) I also thought it sounds beautiful, but a little dangerous. Yeah. I don't know that I'd want to have hot wax dripping into my hair. I really like my hair and I really don't Uh, want it to go on fire. No. So, yeah. Um, Now we're going to talk about Toji, which is uh, the winter solstice celebration in Japan. Um, It's a little bit different. It's not so much um, like there's not like a Christian theme from it. Oh, sure. But it is about good luck and good health. So... Mm -hmm. The darkest time of the year is the dawning of new light. I think that is kind of the consistent theme throughout all of this. Yes. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure everybody was just battling like winter seasonal depression 
<laughs> and needed an uplifting thing. So yeah. with this, it is said to bring a year of good luck and health mm. to their mm-hmm. crops and to themselves. So the symbolism is that it's a sacred time in the year and the sun is now returning to bring life to their crops. Um, so giving thanks by lighting huge bonfires is a big deal in, on December mm-hmm. 22nd. Um, and in the article, it said that when on December 22nd, you can see bonfires all over Mount Fuji or around Mount That's Fuji. So cool. Um, so it That's like kind of lights up. Yeah. Um, also using yuzu, which is kind of a Japanese lemon or lime, mm-hmm. um, or citrus scents, um, will help you in good health and like helps set you a good, set you up for good health in the new year. So take a citrus bath gotcha. and um, you put it in bath water and you take a nice warm bath on December 22nd Ooh. with citrus smells and it should make you healthy for the year to come. Yeah. Um, they also said that in the public bathhouses, they will have the citrus scents available on mm-hmm. December 22nd as well. To like, that sounds amazing. Yeah. I was like, I want to take a warm bath. Right. Sounds lovely. Citrus bath. Yeah. Citrus bath. Um, but yeah, so that's part of what they do for, um, or like, it's also in the public settings that you'll find that too. Mm -hmm. So doji is Chinese winter solstice and the celebrations are called doji. And this means winter arrives. Uh, And it takes six weeks. It takes place six weeks before Chinese new year, which is mid Feb or early February. Um, And it's meant as a time of year that luck is shifting and people celebrate this with their families. Um, food is at the heart of this tradition and you'll find different cuisines depending on the region in China you're in. So Northern mm-hmm. Chinese will have either meat or plain dumplings. Um, Southern China has this like gelatinous rice ball called Tang Yun. And it's like in a, either a sweet sauce or a savory sauce. Okay. Um, while it's no longer an official holiday, people do get together with their families and eat food at this kind of shift in time. Gotcha. Um, Insi Ramini, um, this winter solstice is a celebration in Peru, and it's actually celebrated in June because they're in the Southern Hemisphere. Um, and Inti Ramini actually stands for Sun Festival. Ooh. Um, this was to honor the sun god in tea. And they would fast for three days prior to solstice. Then on the dawn of the fourth day, I know three days. <laughs> um, they would go to the plaza and wait for sunrise. And then when the sun would come up, they would drink chicha, which is a corn beer and <laughs> sacrifice animals, llamas. Okay. And light fires with the ray of the sun using mirrors. So like oh, it was cool. all, yeah. Right. Bonfires um, again. All like sun god related. <clears throat> yeah. After Spanish conquest, Man. however, this changed and like yeah. it wasn't practiced, but it was revived in the 20th century and they still do them with mock sacrifices. And this continues sure. to this day. Yeah. I can imagine, though, after three days, but having some beer, everyone was pretty toasted. Oh, just so toasted. Yeah. Hammered. Corn beer, oh, too. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. I've had corn whiskey. Ooh. Yeah. On an empty tummy, you're not going to last very long. No. Maybe drunk as a skunk. Drunk as a skunk. Okay. Yeah. This is, next one is Shabe Yalda, and this is celebrated December 21st, and it's an Iranian holiday. 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 Um, <laughs> and it was this, to the celebration of the triumph of Mithra, the sun god, over darkness. Mm-hmm. People gather to protect themselves from evil on the longest night of the year. They burn fires to light their way in the darkest time, um, and they perform char- charitable acts and family joined in making wishes and feasting on nuts, pomegranates, and other festive foods. And some stay awake all night to greet the sun as it rises. And it's considered to be banishing the evil and announcing arrival of goodness. 
Hmm. The arrival of goodness. Yeah. Um, the next one is Native American in New Mexico. So this is called Shalaco, and this is for the Sunni people in New Mex in New Mexico. Winter solstice is considered the New Year. Um, this celebration is marked by the dance of Shalaco. This dance is signified when the Pequin, Pequin, it's like P-E-W-K-I-N, or sun priest Ooh. announces the exact moment of the rebirth of the sun and is called, and this is called Itiwana. Um, okay. 12 Kachina clowns dance with the Shalako, which are 12 foot high <laughs> effigies with a bird, with a bird's head. Wow. This is really not good. Just gonna cut this whole episode. <laughs> I also can't see you. You can't? Mm -mm. Oh, well, you're not missing anything. There you go. Oh, I didn't do anything. I don't know what happened. Um, Shalaka, which are 12 foot high effigies with bird heads, and they're actually seen as messengers from the gods. Uh, the dancing will continue for four days. And new dancers will be selected the following years. I don't know if that's four days with no breaks. Oh, okay. Or. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, gosh. I don't know. Oh, man. That's, I, I was going to say, that's that a lot more. of days to dance. That's a lot of days. Like, you got to mm -hmm. take a break. You got to pee. You got to rehydrate. Yeah. yeah. Can't dance if you're a dried out husk. Also, like, 12 foot high effigies is a lot of yeah, things to be lot. dancing with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. do they dance around them? Do they dance between them? I'm sure they have a specific dance that they do. It says dance with, so. Oh, okay. I don't know if they're holding them. I don't know. Uh, maybe around them? Maybe it's like a choreographed yeah. thing? I'm sure. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. And then Spayal um, in Hopi tradition in northern Arizona um, they're actually descended from the Anazazi people, which are an ancient civilization that have no records, but they celebrated. Um, and you can see their like traditions in stones and structures in their ruins, which can be found in Cacheo Canyon, New Mexico. That's so cool. Um, this celebration ties to the sun. Um, in Hopi, the sun chief announces the setting of the sun on solstice and an all night ceremony begins, including fires, dancing, and gift giving. The healthy okay. sun. The healthy sun water. Not what I meant to say. <laughs> Don't know what my okay. dictation was here, but the, <laughs> the sun um, chief. What did I call it here? Uh, celebration. Sun chief. Yeah. So the sun chief is actually very significant throughout many other rituals during the year, including during mm -hmm. like planting of crops and ceremonies oh, all year sure. long, not just in yeah. solstice. Sure. But yeah, consistent themes, food, yeah, sun, fire, fire, yeah. Everybody has some kind of yeah ready for it, right? So it's so anyway. interesting. I love that. I love that it's all like all the same. It's all so different, but it all has the same underlying. We all have the same underlying things that connect us. And I we have it. all the same needs. We need the mm -hmm. sun. We, we need, need food, you know, togetherness, togetherness. Yeah. Well, yeah, love especially it. in the dark days. Right. As it's 530 and pitch black outside right now. I know it's so dark. Oh my gosh. Depressing. But yeah, that's what Ugh. I have on winter solstice today. I love it. So great. It's such a good turn from my awful story. Ugh. <laughs> I almost forgot it. Ugh. And then I had to re-end up like a jerk. That's all right. My last bit of whiskey wiped my memory. Oh, perfect. <laughs> anyway you guys thank you so much for being here we hope you had a really good time and listening and i hope you screamed along with me um, <laughs> and if not i hope you learned something new from winter solstice 
Remember, check out our Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, and maybe other social media platforms because all of them are popping up these days. They are all popping up. If you find a new one that you'd like to tell us about, you can send us an email at morethemispodcast at gmail.com. Maybe we'll hop on board with you. Uh, Wherever you podcast, we also podcast. So if you have a minute and you can just leave a review, um, follow and subscribe, it just helps helps us get some more visibility just gives the little pot a little bump yep and as always remember tell your friends tell your family and tell your uber driver they're really bored (sighs) they are probably really bored this is a good way to start a rake up a conversation they might really be interested yeah until next time stay curious Bye. bye